Hey guys, Construction Monk here with another pop-up podcast. If you don't know, I take some meme that I've recently put together from a thought based on usually conversations that I have with God, and I vibe off of that meme in these podcasts. So these are just off-the-cuff pop-up podcast thoughts out of the conversations I have with God, which are pretty interesting, I have to say. (laughs) I love talking with God. Man, it's so good. I love that God talks back. Crazy as that sounds. God and I have lively conversations, man. It's interesting when you get to know God and the difference between knowing God and religion. One of the things we're going to talk about in today's pop-up podcast, this is the Construction Monk Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Randall Ori. Let's get to the topic of conversation in this pop-up podcast. I've been thinking about wine lately. (laughs) Hey, who doesn't, right? Who doesn't like a good, hearty, red or white glass of wine every once in a while? (laughs) Actually, that's not the kind of wine I've been thinking about, but that's good. I like wine. My favorite is probably red, fruity red, more fresh like Limbrusco, for example, or Speislate, which is a German red, usually red, can be white wine, which is harvested when it's already started to ferment ferment on the vine. And so it's like, it's a fresh wine usually. Speislaisen means late harvest. Uh, means to harvest it late so that it's kind of already ready to be pressed and drank. It's kind of cool, right? Anyway, I like wine. My wife and I were in this habit for a long, long time where anyway we go on vacation, we want to get a local wine. And so we had this good collection of wine, but unfortunately we didn't really know how to keep wine. And so, you know, we didn't keep it that well, but that was kind of fun. It was just a memento, right? We both like wine, but I'm more of a beer drinker at this point in my life with a little bit of whiskey thrown in, you know, especially when I'm sick. (laughs) I like rye whiskey. Okay, what are we talking about? This is the Alcoholics Podcast. No, (laughs) it's not. I've been thinking about wine and particularly new wine like Spätlesen or Spätlese. New wine, but not that kind of wine. I've been thinking about spiritual wine. There's this really cool verse in Matthew chapter 9 we'll get to. But first, the meme. And the meme is about new wine. It's called New Wine, New Skin. And it says, The new things God has won't fit the old things he's already done and the old ways he's already done them. (laughs) Man, I'll tell you what. I studied church history. It's really fascinating to me the movements of the church throughout history and how, you know, God does new things and just how that's taken in the church at different times. There's always these three categories of the way the church reacts to new things. There's the group of people that are just outright in love with the new things God is doing and they're hungry for them and they're ready for them and God brings new things and they're like, yes, I've been waiting for this. Amen. Let's do it. Is it new modern contemporary worship music? Is it like the fog machines? Is it like a uh, new revelation about truth and new interpretations of scripture and like, or a new 
interpretation of scripture, translation of scripture. There's always these new things that God is doing. And there's always a group of people that are like, amen, we've been waiting for this. We've been longing for this. We have just, we are so excited for this new thing. That's the first group of people. Then there's the second group of people on the opposite end. And those are the people who are like, what? This is the way we've always done it. God showed us this a hundred years ago. It's worked for a hundred years. Why the heck are we going to change it now? It's working. Stop. Don't tell me new things. No, no, I don't want to hear it. That's not God. That's something else because we know God works like this and you're saying God is working like that and that doesn't look like this and so that can't be God. This is God. Stop it. Don't want to hear about it. That's the other group of people. On the other end of the people excited for the new things of God is the people that are just like, nope. Nope, nope, nope. I don't want to hear it. No, don't tell me God's doing a new thing. I like the old thing. It works. And why do you have to reinvent the wheel every hundred years? Stop. (laughs) There's that. And then there's the group in between of those two groups who is like, I'm not sure about this new thing. I'm not sure that we're ready to leave the old thing behind, but maybe we can kind of straddle the middle. Maybe we can help the new thing and not let go of the old thing. I like that group. That's a good group too. You know, it's just a reality when God decides to bring new things into the church, do new things, try new things. Like there's going to be people that react in a lot of different ways. There's going to be kind of these three type of reactions, although there's going to be a large spectrum. There's going to be people that simply embrace it because God's already prepared them for it and they're hungry for it. And those are the people that are actually going to do the new thing. Then there are going to be those people who aren't going to do the new thing, but they're going to support the new thing. They're going to see a value for it. They're not going to say, oh, we're going to throw out all the old stuff because we like some of the old stuff and some of the old stuff works. But yeah, let's make space for that new thing because I think it really could help the church. And then there's going to be the people that are like, bah humbug. No. No. Nothing new. This works like... We know it works. We've we've been doing it for 100 years, for 200, 300, 1,000 years. We know it works. Just keep doing what works. (laughs) And there's always going to be those kinds of reactions. Well, that's like new wine, new skin, right? It's like, it's this cool parable in Matthew chapter 9 where Jesus talks about this thing. And maybe we should just read that and then we'll talk about it a little bit more. About how God prepares his church for new things and the different reactions that often come about as a part of that. So, cool thing. This... There's actually a couple different metaphors Jesus plays with here, I should say. You could call them parables, I guess. But the disciples of John the Baptist came to Jesus, and this is Matthew chapter 9, starting with verse 14. They come to him and they're like, hey, what's the deal? Your disciples don't fast. We fast. The Pharisees fast. Like, fasting was a tradition in the Jewish religion at this time. It was always something they had done. It was a real important value and methodology for people uh, really getting in tune with God, or, or it was a way. It was a, it, fasting is really a reset, like it's a way to kind of put aside eating and focus on God, right? And so John's disciples came to Jesus, and they're like, "Why don't your disciples value fasting? This is just the way that everybody who's a godly person acts. Everybody fasts." Why don't you fast? Why don't your disciples fast? So they're bringing Jesus tradition. They're noticing Jesus is doing things different and his disciples are doing things different. They're doing new things. And they're like, why? That doesn't make sense. We don't like new things. Why aren't you doing the old things, right? Okay. So Jesus then 
tells this, these two, gives these two metaphors, but at first he talks about a groom. He says, this is his response, okay? The attendants of the groom cannot mourn as long as the groom is with them, can they? But the days will come when the groom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. But no one puts a patch of unshrunken cloth on an old garment, for the patch pulls away from the garment, and a worse tear results. Nor do people put new wine into old wineskins, otherwise the wineskins burst, and the wine pours out, and the wineskins are ruined. But they put new wine into fresh wineskins, and both are preserved. Okay, so nobody stores new wine or nobody stores wine in wineskins anymore, but this is the way wine was stored. A wineskin was made of leather from the carcass of an animal, right, sewn together, filled with wine. But the way you aged wine was you put new wine in new wineskins and you aged, and they both would age together. If you had a, an older wine skin that you would drink all the wine out of and you put new wine, the, just the chemical composition of the new wine and the old wineskin, which was already dried out, like the new wine would burst the old wineskin and you'd lose the new wine. You couldn't put new wine in old wineskins. It wouldn't hold it. You had to have a new wineskin for new wine. Same with this cloth metaphor. Like, because old, older cloth has been washed a hundred times and it's shrunk and it's not going to shrink anymore. And if you put a patch of new cloth on old, the new cloth is going to shrink and it's going to make the tear even worse as it shrinks because it, they, both pieces of cloth won't shrink together. There's this idea of togetherness, right? When God does new things, he needs sometimes new methodologies and a fresh perspective. And this is really cool because the disciples of John are asking Jesus about this idea of tradition. And why don't we just do everything the way we've always done things? And Jesus is saying, sometimes the new things God wants to do are so new they cannot fit into the old things God has already done. That's not always true. I think that middle group is actually a pretty good group in terms of the three groups I described and their response to God's new things. The, old, the middle group is like, eh, look, we don't need to throw out everything. Let's be, let's be smart. Sometimes the people are hungry for the new thing in their rush towards the new thing, throw out too many old things and, you know, baby out with the bathwater kind of idea. They're just like, we just want the new. We're tired of the old. Forget the old. There's nothing there. I just want the new. And sometimes they leave behind valuable foundational stability stabilizing things or stabilizing things in their rush towards the new and then the pendulum just swings too far towards well we're just going to do the new i was in a church a dynamic church a downtown church that was just really good they were about the new they were about evangelizing people the church wasn't reaching i mean they were it was called church for non-church people but one of the things that the pastor got tripped up on was he decided not to do church like any other church, which was good because it attracted people that wouldn't have normally gone to church. The thing was, there were some things that churches, other churches were doing he wouldn't just because it was the old thing. Things like discipleship and Bible studies and small groups and really trying to, like he was attracting all these people to Jesus for the first time who would have never stepped into church. And so the, it, the evangelism of this new church was dynamic, but he didn't know how to cultivate people in Christ after they came. And so this church was all about the new, but they didn't know what to do with new people and how to kind of help them age and weather and grow, right? Like fresh wine's good. Aged wine is actually even more valuable, and the longer it's aged, if it's aged properly, it's even more and more valuable, right? I mean, I had a friend who opened a bar, and one of the things was she had a bottle of original Napoleon cognac or something, and she sold it, and it was like $50 a shot or something, and like, because it was really aged. Well, 
old wine is good. New wine is good. You know, it's like good to have both. There's value in both. Sometimes people that are just hungry for the new, they're in their rush for the new. They throw out a lot of a lot of old things that are still good. And this was true of this downtown church and this pastor. And it was a church for eight years. And eventually the pastor burned out because he burned through people. Because anybody that had a value for doing discipleship and small groups, he saw that as just the old and he didn't want anything to do with the old. And so the church it grew dynamically for eight years and then it just folded because it didn't know how to, to cultivate people after they came. It, it did really good attracting people, but it didn't have anything for them after that. Didn't know how to help them deepen in God because there are some tried and true methods, what we might call spiritual practices or disciplines, right? That help people after they come to Christ, grow into Christ. And that church didn't want to do those things because it just saw them as the old things. But some of the old things are good. And so sometimes the group of people that are just about the new throw out things they shouldn't. Right. Even though some people that are just about the old won't embrace the new. And so like God's always moving forward. God never changes, but he's always new. He's always fresh. His mercies are new every morning. So God is this really weird mix of old and new, right? Sometimes people that are for the new don't value the old, and for the old don't value the new. But there's this in-between group that are like, hey, let's embrace the new, but let's hold on to the old things that are still good and that will still fit in this new expression because... God is doing new things in his church and he's wanting to move the church forward, but he's not reinventing the church every hundred years. He's moving it forward and he, God, I mean, I'm just going to say this. God values what he's already done. He doesn't throw it completely out. Even as he's getting ready to do something new, it doesn't, he doesn't reinvent the church. What he does is he progresses the church and he grows it and he expands it and so he's like well this container which we could call call church up to this point needs to get bigger to hold new things but it doesn't need to leave behind all the old sometimes there are things that just need to be left behind in order to embrace the new but a wise person in the middle group can can have enough wisdom to say well here's what i think we do need to let go of we don't need to be doing the hymns all the time. We can do both. We can have different services. We can, we can kind of try to find this nice balance between the old and the new as we move forward into God's new thing, right? Isn't that cool? <laughs> that's new skin or new wine, new skin. That's what that's about. Like there are a lot of people hungering for the new thing that God is getting ready to do in the church. And if you look at church, church history, generally there's a really, really big new thing God does every 500 years. The last 500 years, that the last thing 500 years ago was the Protestant Reformation. Before that, it was the, um, it was the Great Schism uh, around 1,000 between the Catholic and the Orthodox Church. Big change. Uh, 500 years before that, I, I, it, that... 500 years before that was where the church kind of got adopted into the Roman Empire. And, and it, it grew a lot because of its the favor that it grew into from the Roman Empire and then later the monarchies. But like, anyway, it's interesting. We're poised for another 500 year big move, right? And a lot of people are hungering for it. And a lot of people are very dissatisfied with the current state of the church. But there's a warning. Yeah, you need new wine for new wineskins. But don't forget that old wine also has a place, right? It's really interesting. <laughs> in the, in the uh, wedding 
feast that Jesus went to where he made the wine, turned the water into wine, and the, the host said, wow, you saved the best wine for last. <laughs> the best wine typically is the older wine. But new wine is good too. It's kind of like God's new wine maybe is his oldest because he's, draw, he's drawing us, actually he's drawing us back to our original state in the Garden of Eden where we were connected with God. And so it's kind of a weird thing where God's doing new things and it's like new wine, but that new wine is actually almost like an older wine. Weird. New wine is old wine. Old wine is new wine. There's this mix. God is always the same but ever new. Strange. God is always doing new things, but he's actually trying to draw us back to our original state before the fall where we were in relationship with him. It's this weird thing, right? But hey, here's the thing about new wine, new wineskin. Like, there are things we're going to have to look at and say, maybe we shouldn't do it that way. Maybe the way we've been doing church doesn't fit this new move. Maybe we need to make some changes. It's not like we need to stop doing everything the way we do church. But let's start, let's stop and just rethink and look at everything and reevaluate and say, what are we going to keep? What are we going to, what are we going to get rid of in this new move of God in order to partner with what God is doing next in the church for the church and with the church in the world? Because that's the point. It's not about what God did, what God wants to do, what God is doing. It's about, and how we see it, it's just about partnering with God. I didn't come out quite right. <laughs> it's always about what God is doing and coming alongside and walking with God as God leads us forward. It's not about comparing things is what I'm saying. It's not about, well, how do we see what God is doing based on what he has done? And like, that's okay. But it's like, hey, let's just try to see what it takes in order to partner with God in this new move. What do we got to get rid of? Like, we can be very pragmatic. Like, what do we got to get rid of? What do we got to change? Let's just do it. Like, can we see what God is doing? And can we get with him and doing it? That's it. That's the only question. That's the idea of new wine and new skin. And partnering with God in the new things he's doing. Let's not be too rash and throw everything out. Let's not be too stodgy and curmudgeonly and throw and don't accept anything new. Let's be in the middle. Let's be discerning and wise about what needs to change and what doesn't. Okay, guys. <laughs> Love it. That's my thought for today. New wine, new wineskin. New wine is old wine. Wine, new, Old wine is new wine. Kind of. With God. Always something new. But it's also ever the same. It's a paradox and it's a mystery. Amen. When the Pharisees challenged Jesus because his disciples were picking grain on the Sabbath, you know what he said? The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. It's important as we look at what God is doing, new or old, and how they fit together and how to move forward that we understand. God made the Sabbath for man, not man for the Sabbath, which means that what is it all about? It's about God and his people. It's about a people belonging to God. And it's about us growing closer and closer into what it looks like to be a people who know God, follow God, and hear God, and lead, and let God lead us wherever he wants, right? It's not that we, look, we've established these structures and these ways of doing things, and those are the things that are important. And we make those things more important than people. People 
to God are the most important thing. That's what it's about. It's about relationship. And of course, God has some truths and some structures and some order to the way he does things. But the reason he does everything is us. Sometimes we forget that and we make our institutions more important than the people in them. And that's how the church often gets stuck. They don't want to change the way they do things. And they make the way they do things more important than people. So that's a good way to tell whether or not you're stuck in the old things or moving forward into the new things. Don't put your beliefs and structures and institutions and way of doing things above people. God is about people. Everything God does is about relationship with people. And he's trying to redeem us into relationship with him. Back to the original way God was in relationship with us, which was... No separation, no distance. We were, we were able to, Adam and Eve were able to hear God and walk with God. And that's where we're traveling towards as well as we consider the new and the old of God. Amen, guys. This has been a Construction Monk podcast. I'm your host, Jay Randall. Or you can catch more content at www.moderncontemplative.com. Love you guys. Bye.